A few weeks ago, we talked with Lauren Gaines about her book, Unshakable Kids, something that we try to instill with our teens here at Shepherd's Hill Academy, being unshakable. Well, here's a little of what Lauren had to share with us. One of my kids uh, tried all different kinds of sports and nothing was really sticking. But then she tried gymnastics and there was just like a glow about her face when she was there. She was just so excited and it was like you could tell she never complained about going and it was kind of like, okay, that's it. Like we didn't have to push anything, you know, and we try different things, you know, and see if you like it or not. Cooking, drawing, baking, whatever it is. I think it's good to expose our kids to different things and see how they react. Stay tuned, we'll have more on our discussion with Lauren Gaines, Unlicensed to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder of Shepherds Hill and also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. And today we want to coach you in instilling an unshakable spirit in your kids, the right unshakable spirit. And our guest on Licensed to Parent is Lauren Gaines. Lauren is an author, speaker, teacher, and mother, and she is the creator of Inspired Motherhood, an online community for moms. And today, Lauren is a busy mom of three, and her unique approach to parenthood can be credited to her master's degree in school psychology. Welcome back, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you again today. Well, Lauren, we're glad to have you back. It sounds like you see a grit void in uh, too many kids uh, today. And as we were winding down the broadcast uh, from last time, you'd mentioned something to the effect that you didn't want to be too gentle with your kids. Now, I think I knew exactly what you meant, but we now live in a pampered society that's not only emotionally fragile, but one where folks tend to apply their own interpretations to definitions of common terms, terms that used to be a lot more objective and absolute and not so open to everyone's subjective interpretations. So, can you go back to what you meant by not wanting to be too gentle with your kids and why you think that's so important to helping kids navigate today's systemically mentally ill American culture? Great question. Yeah, I think it's we're told today because I think it's a generation of us that were raised where maybe the pendulum swung too far one way. There wasn't as much nurture or love and it was more like stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. And so I see (laughs) (laughs) I see people in my generation who are upset by that, you know, and feel like they did not have their feelings validated. And now we're learning more about emotional intelligence. And so they are taking their experiences that they had as a child and are swinging in the opposite direction. And processing every feeling, every emotion, really kind of, and that tells kids that feelings are king, which is just not true. Our feelings are fleeting and oftentimes they they might not be accurate for the situation. And so I see parents following this approach and I think maybe their intent is good. <laughs> maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but their intent I think is good in that they want to create a loving bond with their child. Mm-hmm. And I believe that God wants wants that too, but God balances love with discipline. And there are times where our kids are going to have to walk through something hard and their feelings are going to be uncomfortable. I mean, Jesus told us that he said in this life, you will face trouble. Mm-hmm. And I think if we 
try to eliminate trouble from our kids' lives or any negative emotion because I mean, it's not good to have your kid crying in Target or Walmart, you know, that doesn't feel good for anybody, but handing them the the phone just to pacify their feelings and make sure they stop crying is not a good solution. And so we need to help our kids work through those negative emotions and not try to run from them. Now, you said you were talking about this loving bond that most parents want to have with their kids. And so they the pendulum swing is that loving bond means that they're giving their kids everything these days and and not maybe not the discipline. So help us understand how parents create that loving bond with their kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I think it is good to have that heart to heart connection. That's part of my book is we are so distracted by today's world that even as parents, we talked about this last time, we are on our phones too much. We're not really engaging in eye contact. We're not really, we're half listening to our kids as we're going about our day. And so I think our kids feel that. And I I think it is important as parents that we take time Bedtime is a great time, but also dinner time to put the phones away, to stop being so distracted and to look your child in the eye and and listen to them, really mm-hmm. listen and, and what's happening in their world and take an interest in that. So I think that that is good, you know, and a lot of gentle parenting also promotes that. So that is an area where we agree. But I think there are times where We may shield our kids too much. We may not want them to go to a dance class because maybe they're going to cry if there's separation anxiety. And I think constantly avoiding those situations so our kids don't feel negative emotions isn't going to end well. Well, I don't want to be petty, uh, but I do want to go back to something that you just said a little bit ago um, when you talked about finding the balance between love and discipline. And I would like folks to know that when discipline is done right, it is an act of love. Discipline is part of the love experience. I look at love like a car battery. It's got a positive and a negative side. You know, Dobson wrote a book called Love Can Be Tough. And you can look at the discipline side of love as the negative side of the car battery. And then the warm fuzzies type of love is the positive side. And I think kids need to experience the continuum uh, of both. Uh, If you don't have both trying to start your car, your car is not going to start. Uh, so you do need the discipline part of love, but it is an act of love. Scripture is very clear about that. If you don't discipline your son, you don't love your son. I mean, mm-hmm. Hebrews 12 is very clear about that. So I just, and I know what you meant. I, I just wanted to make sure that our listeners uh, understand that, you know, we can't, I don't think we can really parse out that love and discipline are not mutually mm-hmm. exclusive. I mean, uh, they're right there in, in tandem. And so I just wanted to address that. But as far as the pendulum swing is concerned, going from, you know, I'll give you something to cry about type of parenting to let me wipe your nose for you when you're 16 years old. Um, how is that, that pendulum swing to the more permissive side or the, 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 the warm, fuzzy side, uh, how's that really been working for us now that, you know, teen suicide is, uh, at, you know, a record high and self-harm and, you know, the anxiety and just, uh, and I know there's a lot more in, in, in the uh, childhood experience, particularly with digital technology than, than it was when we were growing up. But I, I, first of all, I don't think if our parents would have given, they wouldn't have given us uh, access to, to these devices back then, but it, it was kind of a, a slow erosion. Um, but what, what, 
it's not. It's just there's something about that that whole pendulum swing is not working, and and I think the statistics bear that out. Can you tell us how to find the balance? Yeah, and thank you for for going back with the discipline because there's I mean there's many proverbs about that too, just about how mm-hmm. we should love discipline and and hate you know stupidness and not be willing to be corrected. So I agree with what you just said about that. But for sure, I do see parents and kids. I mean. The sad part is when I'm talking to moms these days, they're so tired that I think they see their kids kind of being out of control and not they can't control them, you know, and their kids uh, have a tantrum if they try to tell them no. And and so then they kind of just give up because I feel like they're so tired and they're so overwhelmed and overworked. And so they just they kind of just let it go. But I think you're right at some point they're going to have to face it and it may happen with anxiety depression mis you know really severe misbehavior when they become a teenager so I'm a huge advocate in, in, in my book to, to take care of it when they're young so that it's not a problem when, they're, exactly when they're a teenager right. mm. yeah and they feel, they've only fueled that bad behavior when they roll over for it uh, I, I, I tell our parents look and I told myself this uh, you know when I was bringing up our five you don't have the luxury of being tired. You cannot roll over. Um, I, I've, I've told parents over and over, kids deep down, they want parents who are older, wiser, bigger, stronger, and more determined to do right than you are to do, the junior is to do wrong. And that's where their, their sense of security comes from. And I, I, you know, I'm in a Walmart or wherever grocery store, and I've heard parents over and over, you know, juniors screaming, creating a, a scene uh, for a candy bar, and you know she's embarrassed as can be. Um, they, they look at you with that look of, you know, I just don't know what to do with them. You know, our, our pastor kind of shared this from the pulpit one day. He says, "Well, give me the little twenty-pound narcissistic anarchist. I'll show you what to do with them." <laughs> you know, and I, I think that. Uh, 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 well, I know I've, I've seen parents in, in the checkout line where the candy's marketed right down there to, to, to the little kids and the kids whining and moaning the blues. And, and I've heard parents a number of times say, all right, you win. Here you go. And shut them up. But, you know, mm-hmm. that that's like being like uh, Neville Chamberlain in World War Two. It just it, it doesn't work. Uh, and Junior's not going to respect you for it. And if you don't get it uh, uh, while they're whining for candy, you're you're not going to get it when they're whining for a smartphone later on in life. Yeah, and it's really just a temporary solution from that discomfort. And I think we need to, uh, even as parents, sit in that discomfort. Like, it is uncomfortable when your kid is coming against the boundaries you set. But yeah. we need to ask ourselves, like, are we prioritizing the right things? We're so busy. Mm-hmm. We're so tired. But I love what you said. Are we prioritizing God? I feel like we need to get back to the basics, to That's love it. God, to love each other, and to raise your children in the fear and the admonition of mm-hmm. the Lord. Are we doing that? And I think we're so busy, and that's what the enemy wants. He wants to distract us. He wants to make us tired, where we just give in. And we're not training and raising, because th- these kids are going to become adults, right? That's and right. so they're going to be running the world at some point. Well, and I feel anyway. like. Yeah, we we as parents have been given the responsibility to shape them. And I think instead of fearing it and instead of saying, I'm too tired to do it, we really need to see how God created us as mothers for this purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, f- for the welfare of any good sports team and the individuals who make up that team, any good coach is going to require from his or her players 
a principle that's written on the walls of a lot of gyms, even today. No pain, no gain. <laughs> uh, the work, the practice, and the training it takes to develop the strength, endurance, and talent it takes to succeed in any endeavor, including life or adulthood, most often requires a little pain to get the gain. How is raising kids any different? Well, Trace, how about we answer that question on the other side of this break? We are talking with Lauren Gaines today on Licensed to Parent. She has written the book, Unshakable Kids. We'll have more of our conversation after this. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherds Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Helpmytroubledteen.org. Hi, folks. Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherds Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You can learn more about Shepherd's Hill, LicensedToParent.org. Today, we are talking with Lauren Gaines about her book, Unshakable Kids. Well, before the break, Lauren, we were talking about uh, how a gym will post a sign uh, very often, no pain, no gain. Um, how is a good parent akin to a good coach in sports where there's a certain amount of pain that goes through practice and training? Yeah, I think that's part of the problem with today's world, especially in motherhood. And there's that whole culture of like, I can't, you know, I can't go through the day without coffee or without my wine at night. And it's, it's so sad that that's where we're at, that we don't, Mm. as parents, we don't have endurance. And so how do we expect our kids to have endurance, right? And so I think we need to get away from the view of it. Motherhood is going to be magical. And, and if you look on Instagram, everyone's saying that motherhood is great. You know, my kids are doing awesome. But then you look behind the scenes and talk to real moms, they're really struggling and they're feeling tired and overburdened. And I think we need to stop 
saying, oh, I have this magic solution (laughs) and start realizing that motherhood is going to be hard. It is going to be hard. Anything worth doing is it takes work, right? And so we need to take off that lens and reframe it to like, this is hard work, but this is God's work. And there's Mm going to be, I may not see the the fruit of it when my kids are young, but there is going to be fruit Mm -hmm. later in life. Well, am I the antichrist for thinking that there's a certain amount of parental skills uh, in the equation that requires that the parent take care of themselves first? I mean, on airliner, if it's going down, they, they tell you before every flight, you know, put your mask on first, then you're in a better position to help Junior with his. Is there, is there something to a parent's self-care uh, that would help keep them from being so exhausted? Things that decisions that they make that are partly to benefit uh, or for the welfare of the parent where junior, and maybe it's just as simple as saying no a little bit more often uh, so that junior doesn't feel that he's got a, you know, a, a credit card to get anything he wants whenever he wants to the degree he wants it. And right now it seems like that's how things are going. Yeah. When you just said that, it reminded me, my daughter does gymnastics. And one of the parents was like looking at her phone as we were at the meet. And she was like, oh, my daughter keeps ordering, you know, McDonald's fries to her high school. And I'm thinking, why are you letting her do that? Like, <laughs> like she was kind of laughing and complaining about it. But then yeah. I'm like, but you're the boss. Like, you're the yeah. one who can say you're not going to do that. (laughs) And I think that moms, uh, again, I think partly, I don't want to blame it all on this, but I think some of the reason we're letting these things slide is because culture has told us as women, we need to do everything and we need to do everything well. We need to have a job where we're making money and we're climbing the ladder. And then we also need to have kids and we need to have a spotless home and we need to have them be sports stars and piano players. And we can't do it all. And I think truly when I wrote this book, I wrote it obviously to help parents and to change other people's lives, but it it changed mine because we were starting to get on that cycle. And the more that I read psychological research and reflected on my own life, my life was very busy as a high schooler. I was a swimmer. And so I swam before school, after school, took all the, you know, AP classes to strive and succeed. And that's how my life has been. And I've paused and the book has really changed. Like my husband got a new job. We started homeschooling our kids this year because I realized there is a different way and it's going to take work and it's not going to be easy to do the different way against, you know, what culture is saying to do, but you can choose a different way for you and your family. So, Lauren, as you're talking about that, about that different way that you've chosen, even though it's hard, but you also were talking about just the stress of high activity that many parents have in their lives. Like, help us understand why we would give up stress of one really hard for stress of another hard. Like, why did you and your husband choose the the hard that you chose? I think that truthfully, and I don't know how this will sound, but we took a heavenly perspective and really mm-hmm. were like, okay, what, what, why are we doing these things? And for who are we doing them? And really looked at slowing down and our, our, 
our world doesn't know how to rest and everything mm-hmm. is automatic and everything is right in front of us. And so yeah. we've lost Sabbath. We've lost learning to just be still and let our minds wander. Like I was reading a little house on the prairie with my kids and on Sundays they couldn't have any fun. Like they couldn't, <laughs> the little girl started playing with the dog and the dad reprimanded her. And I was like, and they weren't allowed to do anything loud. They had to read and just be quiet. And I said to my kids, would you be able to do that on a Sunday? Would you be able to just sit around and read and maybe do a quiet puzzle? And they looked at me like I was crazy because kids (laughs) these days, like no one could do that. And I think that's telling you something that we're so, so overworked and, and feeling like we need to keep up with the Joneses for what, you know? Yeah. So what are the benefits? What have you guys seen as benefits in in making this switch in your lives? Yeah, I think that there's more peace. Truthfully, we're able to just enjoy nature more. We're getting outside more and just sitting. I was listening to something yesterday that talked about the different rays on a sunrise and sunset and how it's like a red light and a blue light. I'm not mm-hmm. going to get it exactly right, but how God designed that to help us sleep better when we observe a sunrise and a sunset. And when we're too busy and running to every field, like we're not connected as a family. We're not connected to God. We don't know what God is speaking to us in this moment. And we're we're just trying to make it to the end of the day so we can crash into bed, you know? And so we found more peace. We found more time to be with each other, more time to be in the word, more time to impart some of those things into our kids, to teach them the scripture. Like every day we're talking about different verses and my kids are starting to make the connections too. Like, hey mom, we read that verse and now look what's happening. And it's it's a real life example of how God's word is coming to life. And when we're so busy, we're not giving our kids those chances to see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard one pastor say, we, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it's 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 the it's this the uh hamster cage man i mean you just you can drive yourself crazy with all that stuff and there comes a point where you just have to say no to certain things and make a commitment mm-hmm. to to do just that but what aspect of the child rearing experience do you feel today's parents need to better understand and execute most in order to help create unshakable and, and countercultural kids because we we do have to raise these kids to to swim upstream against the culture Yeah. So I do think I kind of take a a balanced approach and I I think it's important to understand our mind. So some of that stuff about feelings and all this emotional intelligence that we are learning, I think is good to combat some of the anxiety. You know, they say that the thoughts can lead to anxiety and depression. And so kids need to understand their thoughts. And that's biblical because God tells us to take every thought captive and to meditate on lovely, good, excellent, pure things. And so I do think kids need to know that, but I also think that's maybe like a Band-Aid and not really, but what's the real problem? Why is the anxiety creeping up? You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's more than just their thoughts. It's they're they're overworked, (laughs) they're overscheduled. And so I think parents need to kind of pause and say, I in one of my chapters, I have them write a mission statement for their family, for their home life. And what are we going to prioritize? We're, mm-hmm. we're not pausing enough to reflect on what we're prioritizing. And so we need to do that and say, okay, I want my kids to know that they are loved by the God of the universe. And so if I want that, what action steps do I need to take to get that? 
And I want my kids to know how to be mentally tough so that when challenges come, they're not going to crumble. They're going to know who they are. They're going to know what God says about them. Then we need to teach them about their mind and we need to get scripture into their mouth, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's that's the power. That's the sword of the spirit is speaking the word of God. And so... I think those things combined, you know, we can take emotional intelligence and, and use it from a biblical sense so that we can raise kids who who know who they are and know what to do when the hardship comes. Because as we were saying before, we can't hide our kids from every bad thing that's going to happen. Right. At, you know, saying no to a candy bar, like there's going to be times when you're not allowed to do something at work in real life. You need to know that like no is okay and you're going to be able to handle it and you're going to be able to move on and not have a, a mental breakdown as an adult because someone told you no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you get this idea of taking every thought captive? How do we get uh, get this taught to our kids as being something that they're going to freely adopt as a habit? And how, how young can you actually uh, impart this? Yeah. I mean, I don't think so. I have a four-year-old. I'm not sure she's ready. Like we can teach her some of these it's the building blocks, right? We mm-hmm. can teach her some of these things, how to explain her feelings uh, I use you you statements and I statements with kids. So a lot of times you made me mad. You're annoying me. And then it, it's better to say how we feel like I feel frustrated when you're doing this. Can you please stop? So I think conflict resolution and learning how to say your feelings in, in a way that other people are going to listen to a four or five year old can learn that. But I think. It might not be till eight, nine, ten, where they can really understand that, hey, I have thoughts running through my head. And when something happens to me, like I feel nervous about finding someone to eat lunch with, I don't know who to sit with. I can talk to myself. I have self-talk. And they found even in kids that self-talk, when kids have negative self-talk, they're more likely to have depression, anxiety. Mm. And so they can say to themselves, here's an example. My son went to a basketball camp and it was his first time at an all-day camp and he had to eat lunch. And he said, he told me that day, I came home and I, I lunch, mom, I said, God, help me be okay. And then I was okay. And so he mm. knew like, okay, I'm feeling anxious, but I know I have a God who cares about me and says he'll never leave me or forsake me. And so I can pray to him and ask him to help me be okay. And so we can teach them this by going through, you know, that was a learning opportunity for him to tell me that. Then I started to explore that a bit with him. Like, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? How did God help you? And those are testimonies and their little lives that they, that will just keep building their endurance and their grit and knowing that God showed up for me, then he'll show up for me now. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that even when kids claim not to like something or they don't want to do something, they feel is too hard or challenging that if parents actually require it uh, and, and, and require them to forge ahead, that both parents and their kids always seem to be glad they did. Has that been your experience? Oh, 100%. That happened multiple times this week where my kids were going to a book club uh, with some other homeschool kids. And they were like, I don't want to go. What, what are you going to do? That's boring. And of course, we went and they didn't want to leave. And so mm-hmm. I think sometimes there we just kind of have to ignore that, you know, they and just and push through. Yeah. And say, no, we're going, we're doing this. And then after being like, see, wasn't that fun? You got to give mm-hmm. it a chance. I think we cut our kids short. I don't think we realize how resilient kids actually are and what it means for a kid to uh, overcome a fear or a hump that he didn't think he could get over. Yeah. And then they're so proud after. They feel exactly. They feel good about themselves and they can, as I said, use that as a testimony. 
Well, Lauren, our time has come to an end. And again, it went way too quickly. Thank you so much for being a guest here on Licensed to Parent and for just your ministry to other moms and for writing the book, Unshakable Kids. Thanks for having me. Well, our guest today on Licensed to Parent was Lauren Gaines. You can connect with Lauren at inspired-motherhood.com. That's inspired-motherhood.com. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. You know, each year, we at Shepherd's Hill Academy welcome teens who have spiraled into crisis. Many times, Shepherd's Hill is the parent's last resort. And because of you and your generous giving, we've continued to love untroubled teens and their parents. We're helping them through life, and we're pointing them to the Savior. Would you consider giving a financial gift? Your financial support would make a difference in the lives of these struggling teens. Help us in helping them. You can donate online at licensedparent.org and just click the donate button. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.